Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Nobody Likes KC McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, KC McLean. All right, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is the second ever solo episode uh, for different reasons. I guess, oh, I don't know, maybe not different reasons. The last, the only solo episode I've done of this was after the election. And part of it was, I just don't want, I was so sick of talking to anybody about the election. And uh, now the reason there's a solo episode is that I have... Uh, I have a wisdom tooth extraction surgery on Thursday. My mouth is a fucking, uh, just a pile of pain. It sucks. So I'm going to keep this relatively short. I didn't want to get somebody on the podcast and not be able to give them full, give them, give them the full meal deal, the full, whatever, full speed. I'm in a weight loss contest, by the way, and the fact that it ends April 1st, and the fact that for the next two weeks, my diet's going to be pretty restricted to mostly liquids is pretty good. I think that gives me a pretty good chance. Um, God, if you want to come see me do comedy, I, I scheduled this surgery as early as I could so that I could make sure to still hit the dates uh, that I that are most important to me uh march 18th i'll be at tacoma comedy club for master debater on uh march 26th and 27th i'll be in boise idaho with my buddy gabriel rutledge march sorry april 1st through 3rd i'll be at bricktown comedy club in oklahoma city with paul verzi i'm very 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 excited about that date it's uh i've been scheduled there I got scheduled with Jessica Curson, and then uh, for a variety of reasons, she ended up switching clubs, and I wasn't a, a a style fit with the new headliner in Bricktown. So then I was up for a potential other gig, but the guy that I, if you looked at their calendar and said, who, what dude would you want to hang out with the most for the weekend? Paul Verzi's the man. Uh, I was very excited to, to work with Jessica Curson too, by the way. I've never seen her perform live and that's uh that's unfortunate that i missed out on that but paul verzi quite a uh quite a second option um what else i have another podcast called high and inside 
with uh, Chase Myers and Kevin Eggleston, both former podcast guests. We talk about sports. It's pretty loose. If you don't like sports, I still think it's fun. If you do like sports, I think it's fun. If you like sports at like an analytical level, that's not really what we're doing. So, uh, you know, I might creep in because I'm a nerd, but... Anyway, um, I guess I'm going to make this extremely short because I can already feel my fucking mouth. My fucking mouth hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. Oh my God. I was, I was, uh, since comedy's back, it's been a real return to kind of like the, the strain that puts on my relationship because I spent a lot of nights out of the house and... You know, this is like, I think, something comedians could be a little more considerate about is my wife didn't sign up for this. We were the when I first did comedy, we were already engaged to be married. So she she had been around a while with no comedy in our life. And now for the last almost six years, comedy has been a huge part of my life and she's had to fit that into her life also. And so, uh, we were doing a couple, I guess, you, I guess the, the, the layman calls it a date. <laughs> We've loosened up our, our, uh, restrictions. We've been pretty good, but my wife is a teacher She's teaching in person. I'm doing comedy in person. So, you know, the right circumstances, right time of day, restaurant that we trust. We've gone out twice now in the last couple months, last couple weeks, I guess. No, months. It's the last two months. And we're at a restaurant that, uh, that we like. It's actually a restaurant slash brewery that we like. And my fucking face is just on fire i'm like we're eating pizza and it's amazing pizza and i'm just not enjoying it as much as i should have as much as i typically enjoy pizza because every goddamn bite is a reminder of this sharp pain in my face and uh so i went to the dentist i've been putting off having my wisdom teeth taken out forever i was a little worried it was going to end up being a root canal but they they claim that it's I'm going to have all four wisdom teeth taken out one shot on Thursday. And it's, I mean, I'm years late, several years late on this. So it'll be a relief, but it also like sucks that it comes as comedy's reopening. I actually had this pain a li- about a year ago, a little over a year or a little less than a year ago. And it was at the very beginning of the pandemic when I don't even know if dentist office were offices were open, but also a bunch of like elective surgeries and shit were were off the table. So I didn't even go get it uh, examined. And now here I am in immense pain. I had a leftover prescription of Vicodin or something from a no, it's not. I don't even know honestly what makes something Vicodin, but it's a it's got codeine in it. It's got an opiate in it that makes my made my face hurt a lot less. But yeah, I was like waking up every 90 minutes. My my face pain was pushing through the opiates. Uh So I my wisdom tooth got infected. It was a whole situation. And so I uh They have me on antibiotics. 
to to get rid of the infection and that's got also gotten rid of a lot of the pain but it's still like i i don't really trust chewing on anything right now so for the next couple weeks no chewing on anything i'm gonna lose so much fucking weight i'm excited about that the only other thing i want to talk about is the patrice o'neill documentary called killing is easy first off if you haven't watched it if you don't if you're not familiar with patrice o'neill it's worth checking out uh even if you don't like his comedy if his comedy isn't your your uh if it tests your <laughs> he's like uh i my i think the most so i don't start to start with i don't know patrice o'neill i didn't know patrice o'neill personally but the stories about patrice o'neill are so abundant that it feels like you know him and then as a comedian you look at like who are those guys that i know who are the guys that are pushing the boundaries who are the guys who are saying exactly what they mean the way they want to say them all the time. Who are those guys? And or women. Uh, Patrice O'Neill is also a guy that a lot of people say is their favorite comic. Patrice O'Neill is like a common favorite comic of a super liberal person who would actually seems like you would think they would hate patrice o'neill's comedy based on their interaction with comedy today i think the most the the to me the i believe it was ron bennington's unmasked with patrice he he said something along the lines of patrice a lot of people think that you're a misogynist and racist what do you have to say about that and he goes yeah, misogynist and racist. And I think that's like, first off, that's a that's a luxury afforded to only in the modern era uh, among male comedians, only minorities. Like a white dude can't get away with going, of course I'm racist and misogynist. Uh, and probably, to be honest, a, a black dude couldn't now either. But again, it's like, it's like, saying exactly what you mean the way you want to say it is an admirable trait it's also a trait that will alienate many people from you it's tough people have a hard time is it oscar wilde is oscar wilde the guy that says uh let's see oscar wilde truth i should probably connect to the internet it's a very famous quote about uh, if you're going to tell the truth, you better be funny. Otherwise, they will kill you. I want to attribute it to Oscar Wilde, but it could be somebody else. Come on, Internet. There we go. Is it Oscar Wilde truth? I don't know. This, one, this one's probably good, though, too. The truth is rarely pure and never simple. Oscar Wilde. That's not bad. Let's see. Truth kill you. How about that? Truth kill you funny. Oh, Billy Wilder. That's not that far. I mean, I don't know who Billy Wilder is, to be honest with you, but that's not that, that's not that far off from a... Uh, nomenclature standpoint is that the right word if you're going to tell the people the truth be funny or they'll kill you and that's 
the Patrice thing because he was telling people the truth. Sometimes they found it funny, but very often what I think Patrice O'Neill did was to turn the entire room against somebody in the audience. He's a brilliant comic. He was a brilliant comic. I think that if you go, it was really cool to watch. My my wife is a comedy fan, but she's not a, uh, she's not a comedy nerd. So, uh, to, for some perspective, like one of the first times we ever hung out, I showed her Louis CK's chewed up, which has, but it, he has a joke about vulgar words you're not supposed to say uh, and says several of them and she laughed. So I knew like one, she got the fact that it's comedy and not a fucking uh, curriculum lecture, but also, but also uh, she's, she had like, she has great comedic taste, but she's not into Patrice. She's not a nerd. And so, Watching her hear his material, he has a joke that we both laughed really hard at. Where he goes, uh, he's like, "I bet," or he goes, uh, "My girl's been with me for eight years. I've been with her for three. So many funny jokes like that. Where it's like he is the bad guy in the joke. Like that's part of the joke. You fucking idiots. I have a couple jokes like that where I'm the bad guy, and I feel like people." are made uncomfortable when the bad guy is standing in front of them sometimes. Um, it's a great documentary, I would say. I think uh, they show... they show <laughs> Patrice died of, uh, of complications of diabetes, and there's a very funny joke he has about how he found out he was diabetic because he was peeing on a sexual partner. <laughs> and it, she said it tasted like birthday cake. Which is, what a fucking hilarious, honest thing to say. Again, honest, said the exact thing, the way that he wanted to say it, the way that he wanted to communicate himself. It's also, if you are a comedy nerd, it was cool to see and amazing to see all of the like camcorder footage. Like Dane Cook, at one point, walking around with a camcorder. Uh, Bill Burr, young Bill Burr on a lot of those videos. Young Robert Kelly. Um, it's a yawn. I'm, uh, I'm worn out. You know, you know, sleeping 90 minutes at a time is not a restful sleep strategy. This probably won't be the only podcast like this, by the way. I think I'm probably just going to make the next episode of this a solo podcast also. And I think I'll, I'm going to try to review coming to America through a codeine haze, which from the reviews that I've seen so far, seems like it might be the best way to watch it. So check out the Patrice documentary. Uh, I think he's, he's truly one of the most unique comedians of the time that I've cared about comedy. And also, I mean, that dude would have been canceled. They would have attempted to cancel Patrice 10 times over by now. And, the, and I, I think I've said this, I think on this podcast, but just because I don't or you don't like somebody's comedy or the way that it maybe pushes the boundaries of comedy, uh, 
that doesn't mean that that person isn't helping you, right? Because if the boundaries keep closing in, the shit that I do, which I don't find offensive, which I don't find hateful, which I don't find discriminatory or racist or anything like that, but maybe it maybe it uses the tension of those things because they're real things in the world. You know, if it comes if if the boundaries confined to the point that the shit that I'm doing is considered uh offensive or unacceptable well i'd be very upset by that and so these dudes who are at the edges these men and women i keep saying dudes uh which is just i'm not one of the i don't call women dude but when i say dude i just mean people in this case uh when these these people who are at the edges who are pushing against they've got their heels dug in and they're doing everything they can to keep the confining boundaries of comedy where they are, they're helping comics that you may like better and who are less controversial. So let's stop. Like Patrice would be persona non grata right now. And also because of that, he'd be the most interesting person to hear from right now. These, if comedy is philosophy, by the way, I don't think that every comedian's a fucking philosopher. I think that's the stupidest thing. But if you if you abide by that stupid way of thinking, please understand that no philosopher or political activist or a contrarian was popular in their day. Patrice was not popular. He was beloved by the minority. And then, like, here, here, listen, if we're just being honest, Patrice probably would have thought I was a piece of shit. Like, he probably wouldn't have liked me. I, I think people put themselves in this, like, you think about would you want to hang out with Michael Jordan? No, he's probably a pain in the ass. Patrice O'Neill, probably a pain in the ass, probably a difficult hang but extremely talented and unique. So check out that documentary. There's also, there's a couple other uh, comedy documentaries that if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into comedy or documentaries, uh, comedian with Jerry Seinfeld's very good. Uh, when Stand Up stood out is a pretty good one, uh, about the Boston comedy scene. And there's actually one that I think is, it's, uh, recommended to me by, I guess, well, it's recommended by Gabriel Rutledge and also the itinerary of the Seattle International Comedy Competition. It's called uh, Broken Mike, and it's about this dude, ooh, Mike Augustini, maybe, who hired a film crew for the Seattle International Comedy Competition, and it's got, so he doesn't win. He doesn't, he, <laughs> I actually think I did better than him, but, uh, in the competition, but uh, he went in with high hopes, much like one Casey McClain and <laughs> came out very disappointed, much like one Casey McClain. He is the mic who is broken. Uh, there's a young Jeff Dye, young Rory Scovel, young, uh, Mike Kaplan, young Gabriel Rutledge, 
Young Kermit Apio. These are now I'm getting into local guys. Uh, that that's great. Also, I want to check out. Uh, there's a couple other documentaries that I maybe maybe I should just do a. Uh, if I ever have a fucking following that will join a Patreon, maybe that could be a segment is reviewing comedy documentaries. All right. My voice sucks. My, uh, just in general, please come see me do stand up. My, uh, when my teeth aren't fucking trying to rip themselves out of my face, follow me on, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere at the Casey McLean. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.